Good morning. Are you passionate about a cause or an issue? What is it that starts a fire in your soul? Now, followers of Jesus are passionate about him and his mission of love to the world. When we burn with that passion, we start fires that can change the destiny of individuals or families or communities, even nations. Fires that spread from generation to generation. Fires that reveal the kingdom of God in the world. A kingdom with Jesus at its centre and human flourishing as its goal. Jesus' followers have caught the fire of his love and passion for the world and are committed to achieving his mission wherever they go. You see, being on mission requires certain habits and practices so that faith and action are aligned. As the Apostle James told the early church, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. More than this, our actions can shape our faith and great thinkers agree. Aristotle himself said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And then Mahatma Gandhi, the great Indian leader, expanded on this idea of going beyond just believing. He's quoted as saying, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values and your values, well, they become your destiny. So if it's true that personal habits shape our values, then don't we need to foster habits among followers of Jesus that will shape our faith? Well, perhaps this is what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus, you know, a true believer. That is to have faith in action. So for Christians, what does it look like to develop missional habits? Well, it's, it's not about recruiting people to our brand of religion, I assure you. But it's when what we do and how we live alerts others to the reality of God's kingdom, to the reality of his love and forgiveness and purpose for their lives. It's both an announcement and the demonstration that God's kingdom is here together. Author Michael Frost says, we need to foster habits that draw us out of the walls of our churches and into the lives of people who don't know Jesus in ways that invite their questions about who Jesus is and his claims on all our lives. So over the next few weeks, we'll explore what these habits could be and how practicing them embeds the character of Jesus in our lives and brings the love of God to others. Michael Frost refers to these habits with the acronym BELLS, B-E-L-L-S. And that stands for bless, eat, listen, learn, and scent. Now remember, we're not trying to learn the values. We're trying to practice the habits. So let's look first at bless, which is to foster the habit of generosity. In Acts 2, we read, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. 
So I want us to consider blessing at least three people a week. One that's not in your church, one who is in your church, and a third one, well, from either group. You know, originally to bless meant to set something apart, to confer grace upon someone or thing. In modern usage, to bless means to speak well of or to make happy or to wish them to prosper. It has its foundations in the notion of building people up to encourage them. So here's three ways to foster the habit of blessing. Firstly, you can use encouraging words. Now, this is a practice that's very familiar to Gateway people because encouragement is one of our core values. So I'm suggesting you send someone a note or an email or a text and use positive words. Say you've noticed a good thing about them. You could also use the encouragement form in the link provided. Or you could take out your phone right now and text someone an encouragement. The second thing we can do to bless is to do an act of kindness. Do someone a favour or provide practical support, like babysit for a new parent, help an elderly neighbour do the shopping, mow someone's lawn. And just for your information, it's best if the act of kindness is unrelated to anything that they have already done for you. (laughs) The third way to bless is to give a gift. Now, gifts can come in all shapes and sizes. They can be expensive or they can be free. Let's say it's a a food hamper for a neighbour or giving two movie tickets to say thank you to someone or you can leave an envelope of cash anonymously in their letterbox and you all know where I live. So I'd also try to avoid giving a gift on their birthday or Christmas. It's much more powerful if there's no rational reason for giving it other than you love them. Now, remember, the goal is blessing at least three people each week, one not in your church, one who is in your church, and the third one from either group. And fostering blessing, rather than just thinking good thoughts, sets up a chain reaction. People at church start to appreciate each other more, and it propels us out into the community beyond our church or small group. And all people wonder at the motivation for their good fortune. Well, let's now look at the habit of eat, which is the second one in the Bell's formula, which means to foster the value of hospitality. In Acts 2, we read, the believers worshipped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You see, Christians in the early church focused so much of their lifestyle around the table Outside observers often wondered what it meant about the faith. Uh, Historians can tell you that in about AD 112, the Roman governor, Pliny the Younger, was so puzzled, he wrote a letter to the emperor Trajan of the day, and he asked for his advice about it. He said this, The Christians meet on a stated day in the early morning to address forms of prayer to their Christ as God then meet later the same day to share a common meal. What does it mean? I'm not sure Trajan had the answer for him, but Jesus would. You see, scholars note it became Christian practice, a spiritual rhythm, 
to eat sacramentally, as in eating communion together to remember Christ, but also to eat missionally around a common table together, expressing unity and love. Now, you may need to be a little bit more creative if you're being limited by COVID restrictions where you are. But even so, can we foster the value of hospitality by inviting three people to our table each week? It doesn't have to be a fancy meal or even a big feast. It could be breakfast or you could meet for coffee somewhere. You know, we already eat three times a day, 21 times a week. So just bring one more person to your table for three of them or if you want to bring three people together at one time, whatever works for you. Just sit across the table and talk and ask and listen. When we eat together, we discover each other's stories, our hopes and our fears and our disappointments. We open up to each other and we can then simply say what our faith in Jesus means to us. Scholar Alan Hirsch notes, sharing meals on a regular basis is one of the most sacred practices we can engage in as believers. Missional hospitality opens up a tremendous opportunity to share life and share faith. We can literally help people eat their way into the kingdom of God. How good is that? You know, in Jesus' time, a person wouldn't eat with someone of a different social standing or religion. But like so many things, Jesus turned this on its head. He practiced communing with people first and then letting conversion come later. So do you want to start a fire of faith in your heart? in your church, in your community? I really believe if we add these habits to our belief, then it may yet again be said of the church, they all praise God and enjoyed the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So let's look at how someone actually practices being able to bless people with food. Let's hear what Paul has to say. When I look back over uh, over this time and, and try and work out, well, you know, like, what is it that I do well that has encouraged other people to find God through it? I guess for me, it's um, it's serving people food and having people around my table. And, and um, there's an old saying that, you know, if don't, if, you, if your table's crowded, pray for a bigger table, not for, you know, for less people around in your life, yeah? And so I kind of live by that and I invite people over at the drop of a hat and I, I get myself in trouble from doing it time to time and all that. But I remember this one time, um, there was a fella who turned up at our work and he was rough. He was, he was, he had a biker pass just like me and all that sort of stuff. And I just said to him, literally on the day he started, why don't you come over for dinner tonight? And he came over for dinner and he was telling me all the stories of, of the things he was doing and stuff. And, and I remembered them. And I just shut up and let him talk and all that sort of thing. And we shared steak and enjoyed the night. Myself, Ruth and Daniel. And, um, we just, and he kept saying, I don't know why you go to this church thing and all this sort of stuff. He was that guy. 12 months later to the day, we find him arriving at our church unbeknownst to us, did not know it was going to occur, all that sort of thing. And he, he he called back to that dinner as to, you guys were just so open and you, you just 
you didn't even know me and I got to come to your house for dinner and and like, you know, it, it was like you were one of the guys at that work and stuff and he didn't work for us anymore. But um, yeah, it was, it was just this, for him it was this, someone was willing to give a bit of themselves to him in, in, in time and food and a little bit of wine. Well, I wish you well on your journey towards Bells and towards adding missional habits to your daily life. Give, give us some feedback about how that's going during the week. And then next week, we'll continue to explore the other ways that we can add missional habits so that we can be involved with people who need to know the love of God, not in a preachy or annoying way, but in a way that connects with them and their, their real lives and actually helps them uh, as we get to know uh, them as friends and as family. So God bless you as you step into this this week.